You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing some transfer rumours that have surfaced today with regards to Arsenal and the position of a striker. Now, there is a comment right in the uh, in the chat box right at the beginning that says, Harry, love the podcast, but if we listened to you, we would be signing the entire world. Seems that you're struggling to find any content. First of all, Daniel, thank you for tuning into the podcast. But it's not me that writes these stories. It's not me that comes up with them. It's not me uh, that claims to them to be my information. I'm simply sharing reports that are doing the rounds uh, at the moment and giving my opinions on them. That is basically what the podcast is is based on. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys in the chat box as well, uh, what it is you think about these particular rumours. Um, before I continue on, I have to apologise for the sore throat. I have to apologise if I stop to sneeze, stop to cough. I've got a nasty bout of the man flu. I can't shift it. It's been a few days now and I am getting that Thing in your throat where it feels all tingly and you want to cough after you've been talking for a bit. But uh, we're going to muddle through as best as possible. So please do bear with me. And uh, let's kick off by diving into the crux of this story. And the story is, according to The Sun, Arsenal have already started drawing up a target list of strikers as they prepare for the exit of Alexander Lacazette. According to the report, England internationals Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins have both been mentioned as potential replacements. Now, of course, the French international Alexander Lacazette, 30 years old now, and is in the final year of what is claimed to be a contract worth £180,000 a week. He's yet to be offered a new contract by the club. Um... And of course, there was a lot of speculation about him in the summer, whether Arsenal would take a deal, whether Arsenal would move him on now, or if they would keep hold of him for another season with the knowledge that they could end up losing him on a free transfer. Now, I'm very much of the opinion that looking back at last summer, or the summer just gone, and looking at the way the transfer market was in general, looking at the fact that clubs overseas have been even more severely impacted by the COVID pandemic. And the fact that Alexander Lacazette, if he is going to move away or if he was going to move away, was always going to go overseas. The fact that those, or the fact that the situation was what it was, I was always of the opinion that if you're going to let Alexander Lacazette go for a nominal fee, just to avoid losing him for free, then actually the best course of action would be to keep him and to use him and to utilize him and to get, or try and get the maximum out of him. Because although I would say over the course of his Arsenal career as a whole, Alexander Lacazette probably hasn't been a success. You know, when you think about what we invested in him and the high hopes that he came with, you you probably would say he hasn't lived up to that. But he's a good striker. And I would say that last season was arguably one of Alexander Lacazette's best in an Arsenal shirt. He had one other season where he, I think he scored... Uh, just slightly more or or a similar amount of goals. But 
for me, his all-round game last season was a lot better than it had been in years gone by in terms of his link-up play, in terms of bringing other people into the game, in terms of his work rate, in terms of his attitude, etc., etc. And I think at a time where we are desperately trying to nurture this young group of players with the hope that they will go on and kind of carry the flame for Arsenal in many years to come, Alexander Lacazette is exactly the type of character and type of person you'd actually quite like to have around the club. So for me, it was always a case of if somebody came in and offered 20, 30 million pounds, that's too big an amount of money to go, nope, we're keeping you for another season and, and we're going to risk losing you on a free. But if we were talking about nominal fees, and, and when I say nominal, I mean anything up to around about 10 million pounds, which was a distinct possibility given the way the market was, then that wouldn't have been worth it, in my opinion. So I understand why Arsenal kept him, but I also understand the need for succession planning. You look at the alternative options we have at centre-forward. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, obviously the main man again at the moment, leading the line for Arsenal week in, week out. The club captain, a uh, player who recently signed a very hefty uh, three-year contract. So he's still got time left to run on that. But beyond them two, I don't think we look all that strong. You look at following Balogun and I think he will eventually come good. And I think he's someone that you can be quite positive and excited about, but he isn't at that level just yet. You look at Eddie Nketiah, another one whose contract is expiring and somebody who, you know, I'm not best pleased with at the moment. And I wouldn't mind, um, or I don't mind the fact that we've not given him a new contract and that he is going to be leaving on a free transfer. So, you know, there is a need for Arsenal to look at a, at the longer term when it comes to a centre-forward. And so these two names have been thrown into the ring, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins, both, of course, who currently apply their trade in the Premier League, both, of course, uh, have impressed in recent times. And I wanted to have a little bit of a look at the two players so we could try and get a bit of an understanding as to which one uh, would be better suited to Arsenal Football Club and the way we seem to want to play at this moment in time. And I think there's a big emphasis at the moment um, when we're talking about the club around how Arsenal like to attack. And we talked about it earlier on when we did our player review stream on Kieran Tierney. We talked about the tendency or the desire or the need to to work the wide areas and get crosses into the penalty area. And I think both of these strikers would give you something that none of our current options give you in terms of a target, in terms of being, uh, you know, a threat inside the penalty area, a, a, tar a target man in the sense of someone who you can build playoff. But I think for me, if I'm talking about that particular type of striker, which is the type of striker I believe Arsenal probably need right now, I think I've got to say that I'm, I'm slightly leaning towards Dominic Calvert-Lewin of the two, and I'll explain my reasons why uh, as the show goes on. Um, just let me know, because I have put a poll out actually, uh, at the start of the stream. So for our live viewers, you'll be able to vote on that poll, uh, while I'm talking to you. So make sure you've done it. If you haven't already, it's pinned at the top of the comments. Let's just quickly check in on what the results are showing us at this moment in time. I can see that 67% of you would prefer Dominic Calvert-Lewin to Ollie Watkins. Now, Listen, as I said right at the beginning of the programme, this is a report from The Sun. This is not a report from Harry Simu. This is not a report from 90 Min. Uh, this is a report coming from, um, from The Sun. And so, like with any report at this kind of particular time in the year when not much is happening, stories are being written out of necessity rather than accuracy, 
I think that you do have to take this kind of stuff with a pinch of salt. But given the discussion we've had around strikers or the discussions we've had over the last sort of 12 months and the fact that we all believe it probably really needs to move on um, or, or that situation needs to be refreshed, if you like, I think it's a worthwhile discussion having. So I'm leaning towards Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I can see that the majority of you guys are doing that as well. And if we just take a look at some of their statistics up until this point in their careers. Now, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a centre forward, but he's also played as kind of a second striker from time to time. He's been deployed in a wide position. I don't really think that suits Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And that wasn't necessarily recently. It was probably earlier on in his career. But when you look at his statistics now, you're talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin having played 176 times for Everton, but having only managed 56 goals. He's also provided 16 assists along the way. So 176 goals divided by 56. That's one in three from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And there's two ways of looking at this. Do you look at it as though Dominic Calvert-Lewin in a better side would bring you a better goal return? Or do you look at it as though Dominic Calvert-Lewin is maybe not as prolific as your mind initially tells you, or as in your kind of preconception tells you about him? I guess for me, when you look at somebody like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you're probably better off looking at him over the last couple of seasons, as opposed to looking at him, you know, in in as opposed to looking at his record overall, because I think he has really picked it up. I mean, for example, in the 2019-20 season, Dominic Calvert-Lewin managed 13 goals in his 36 Premier League appearances. In the 2021 season, he managed 16 in his 33 Premier League appearances. So that ratio is getting better. But prior to that, if you go back to the 18-19 season, where he still made a good amount of appearances, 35 that season, he only managed six goals. So perhaps his overall Everton stats are slightly skewed by the fact that, you know, he, he started a little bit slower or maybe don't take into consideration that actually in the last couple of seasons, he's been a lot more consistent and a lot more potent in front of goal, hit double figures in each of his last two Premier League seasons. So, you know, he is somebody that is developing. He is somebody that is getting better. And of course, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is 24 years old. So he's somebody who fits within that age bracket of what Arsenal are looking to do at the moment. Um, you know, we keep talking about this philosophy, this plan to bring through this young crop of players and that Arsenal were very specific in their wants and needs and, and requirements when they were looking this summer to bring people in. They were specific about the age profile, about the, the potential, et cetera, et cetera. Very big on homegrown players. Again, Dominic Calvert-Lewin ticks that box, as does Oli Watkins, of course. But I feel as though Dominic Calvert-Lewin's skill set just might be a little bit more suited to what it is we're doing at this moment in time. Now, I've talked about it time and time again. I, I feel like Arsenal kind of need a hybrid between a Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and an Alexander Lacazette. And what I mean by that is someone who is quite comfortable dropping into those deeper positions, um, but also has that ability to run in behind. And I actually think, and I probably didn't pick up on this until last season where I was fortunate enough to commentate on, on two or three Everton fixtures, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's ability to run in behind defences as well as be a, a, an aerial powerhouse and a nuisance in the penalty area, I think is incredibly underrated. I do think he has that about him. I do think that 
it's not always utilised. And, and you can see that Rafa Benitez this season has very much moved to a model where what he wants to do is get the ball wide. It's why he brought in a couple of wingers. It's why, you know, Everton kind of build their game around getting crosses into the box. But Dominic Calvert-Lewin's ability, I believe, to run in behind is is underrated. And so I don't think he would hold us back in that sense. But I think a lot of, when you look at the way Mikel wants to build up, you know, you, you're looking at Saka, you're looking at Smith-Rowe as the players, Nicolas Pepe even, as the ones that you want to see running in behind. And running from out to in and getting into the spaces created by the centre-forward dropping that little bit deeper. Equally, when we play against low blocks, we're looking to create those overloads via Kieran Tierney more often than not, who then looks to put the ball in the penalty area. And so you need a striker who has an aerial presence, who at least if he doesn't get on the end of things, occupies defenders and creates room for others. And I just think right now, in that sense, in that particular kind of department, we're just too easy to defend against. You know, you put the ball in the box... If you were a, a six foot four, six foot five centre back, would you be overly concerned about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang rising like a salmon and heading one into the top corner? Would you be overly concerned if it was Lacazette or Enketier or Balogun? No, you wouldn't be. So I think that Dominic Calvert Lewin ticks a fair few of those boxes. Um, is he a world class striker like strikers we've had in years gone by? Is he Van Persie level? Is he Burkamp level? Henri level? Ian Wright level? Even Emmanuel Adebayor level? I don't think he's there yet. I don't. Um, but I think he has the potential to get there. And given Arsenal's strategy right now, it, it seems to be that, seems to be bringing in players who are maybe not at the elite level just yet, but have the ability and potential to get there with the hope that they will get there and they'll do it in an Arsenal shirt and they'll take the team forward, um, you know, as a, as a consequence of that, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Arsenal making a move like this. But remember, there is going to be a huge Premier League premium with either of these two players because you're talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, valued by transfer market currently at £40 million. You'd imagine Everton will whack a chunk on top of that as well because in their eyes, Arsenal will be a club that they're looking to compete with. Ollie Watkins is valued at around about £30 million on the same website. And you're looking at that and you're going, well, Villa clearly don't need to sell players at the moment. They're in a very strong financial position. They've just sold Jack Grealish for big money as well, uh, reinvested that and more in, in kind of strengthening their squad. So you feel like you'd need to pay over the odds to get either of these two guys, but that's the way it goes. You know, there's nothing more valuable. Um, there's nothing more valuable in football than goals, right? It's the most valuable commodity there is. And so people will pay top dollar for it. And that's where we are uh, in terms of um, of the current climate and the current market. So I, as I say, lean slightly towards Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But what does Ollie Watkins bring to the table? Because Ollie Watkins has, in my opinion, reinvented himself in recent seasons and become a very good striker. But it doesn't feel all the time for me that it is natural to him. And, and the reason I say that is the first time I ever watched Ollie Watkins was a game between Brentford and Birmingham City. And it was not last season where we played completely behind closed doors. It was the season before that, where the first half of it was played with a crowd. Um, and I was at a game between Brentford and Birmingham City at Brentford's old ground, Griffin Park, 
I was in the press box. I was covering that game. And I always refer back to this game because it was the first time for me, the Brentford hype and the Brentford talk and all the kind of plaudits they were receiving really came to life for me. Because admittedly, look, I don't watch a lot of championship football. Um, I don't know where I'd fit it in. But I watched them and I was really impressed by the way they played. And Ollie Watkins looked to me like a winger. And Ollie Watkins was indeed a winger. Now, if you look at Ollie Watkins's, um, you know, time at Brentford, he, the majority of his performances came on the left and right flank. And it's only in the last couple of seasons he's almost reinvented himself as this centre forward. And what he gives you now is he gives you speed. He gives you a physical presence because Ollie Watkins does have that about him. He gives you the tenacity and the work rate of, you know, of a, a real kind of top midfielder in terms of the way he presses, but also he's he's added that killer instinct to his game. Now, I talked about Calvert-Lewin's record in front of goal and roughly, not completely, but roughly when you look at the goal return from Ollie Watkins, it's about the same. It's around about the one in three mark. The difference is that Ollie Watkins over the course of his career, and this is probably largely down to the position he's played, has provided slightly more assists uh, to teammates than Dominic Calvert-Lewin has. And again, I refer to the back, uh, back to the point that he was a winger, a wide man, and that's, that might be slightly skewed. So what's the difference? I, I think that physically Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a bigger presence. He's a bigger man. He's a, he's a bigger player. He's more powerful in the air, I believe. Um, he's more, um, he's more of a target man. But I think what Watkins gives you is a greater ability to run in behind. And I talked about the need for us to have that as well, because we're seeing increasingly over the years that Arsenal need to have that ability to be a counter-attacking team as well, because we don't always have it our own way like we once did. And now there is a need for both. There is a need to be adaptable. There is a need to be able to break down low blocks, but there's also a need to be able to, when you're up against it at times, have that outlet and have that outball. And, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin can be an outlet and can be an outball, but in a different way. Ollie Watkins is, has got more pace. He's he's more of a, a speedster. If you put him running in behind, you'd expect him, uh, you know, really to get, get into those holes and, and really cause people problems. I think he's better in the press as well, which is obviously something that Mikel Arteta looks at as well. But I just think for me, the idea of of signing one of these guys, you know, and and look, I'll be honest, that they wouldn't be my first two choices. Okay, I would look around Europe, and I always feel like in the Premier League, people talk about Premier League experience and Premier League proven, and I do think there is some value to that. But I think often we can overstate the value of that, and often if you find a good striker who knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, they can adapt to the intensity of the English game. They can adapt to the physicality. And I think often you can go on the continent, especially at a time like this, and you can pluck really good talents, better talents, uh, and, and take them away from clubs because that club has a greater financial need than the Premier League clubs. So I would be reluctant to dive into the market and sign any of these two really as, as first choice replacements for Alexander Lacazette. But given the choice of the two, I, I do lean towards... Dominic Calvert-Lewin, just because I feel like his individual attributes, although a lot of them, you know, are comparable, I think it, his slightly bigger size, his 
greater dominance in the air. They've got a similar goal record, as I've said. Because of all that, though, I, I do feel that Calvert-Lewin would probably be a slightly better choice. And and I'm interested to know what you guys are thinking as well. And I'll just refer back to that poll because the uh, the results may have changed or they may not have changed as more of you have been voting. Still 69% of you, although a lot more of you have registered your votes, still 69% of you believe that Dominic Calvert-Lewin would be the better choice of the two. So you voted. Have your say in the chat box as to why you would prefer uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin or if indeed your choice is Ollie Watkins. Right, let me um, let me go through the chat box a little bit and see uh, what you guys have to say on the topic before we wrap up. Aaron Robinson says, I'm surprised by the reports of Dominic Calvert-Lewin considering he seems settled in Everton. I'd love him too at Arsenal, but really isn't a first option for our style. I think interesting because I believe that a striker, maybe not in the exact mould of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but closer to that mould than what we currently have, actually would probably thrive in this system. But again, that is just um, that is just my opinion. QWEC uh, Kweki, is that how I'm supposed to say that? Says, why doesn't Arteta play Martinelli as a striker instead of signing a new one? Look, I love Gabriel Martinelli, but there are a few issues with this. First of all, he doesn't want to play as a striker. Um, I've talked recently and I did a pod recently specifically on Gabriel Martinelli. And I talked about the fact that, in my opinion, he kind of needs to accept that transition and embrace it if that is indeed what Mikel wants to do with him, because I think he would thrive. I think his attributes are suited more to that position than they are to him being a winger. And um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not against Martinelli playing there, but he doesn't seem to want to play there. And recently, or, you know, at least of late, I don't think he's shown enough um, to warrant a place in the starting eleven, And that'll be controversial because there'll be Arsenal fans out there that, that believe Gabriel Martinelli is ready to start week in, week out. But I'm just not, not at that point yet. Uh, Stephen Power says Vlavic, uh, a player that a lot of people have talked about as a, as a striker. Uh, who's been linked with a number of clubs, currently plays his football at Fiorentina. Uh, he says uh, Vlavic would be a good choice. Of course, he's looking not to renew his contract uh, in Florence, but it seems like he may be. And I'm just kind of going by some of the reports that are coming out of Italy uh, over the last sort of 24, 48 hours that he may end up at Juventus. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up around that one. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, crypto uh, money team uh, says uh, DCL hasn't got the footwork that a striker in our poor performing team would need. Uh, Adam Elmino says uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is more of a target man. Ollie Watkins can run in behind and is great at it. Yeah, and that kind of fits into what I was saying. But this is my point. I think we need someone that's got a bit of both. And I do think that Calvert-Lewin's ability to run in behind is superior to Ollie Watkins' ability to be a target man. So for, for me, that's why Calvert-Lewin kind of is, is here and, and Watkins is just below. But, you know, players that can do both is, is the ideal scenario. It's the dream. They're not easy to find. If they were, everybody would have them. Uh, but I just think that Calvert-Lewin's overriding attributes make him a better target man but I also, as I said before, having watched him at close quarters on a number of occasions last season, admittedly not that much this season, I would say that he 
his ability to run in behind teams and stretch teams with his movement is is underrated. Uh, a few of you touching on Ivan Tony, uh, talking about him as a potential option, and I think he's you know he's having a great season, obviously. Um, so uh, that's you know something that I can understand why people are calling for it. Um, you know, and and equally, you know, Brentford are a club. Obviously, they're in a great place at the moment. You know, they're in the Premier League for the first time ever. They're loving life. They've had a really encouraging start to the season. But you feel like Brentford would be the kind of club that you could bully still into selling someone because their financial position, having been in the Premier League for just one season, isn't as comfortable as that of Villa, of Everton, who also have very, very wealthy owners. So, um, yeah, you know, Tony feels like a, a realistic target if indeed... He is someone that we want. Uh, Tabris says, out of the two, I prefer Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but I would rather go for a European uh, prospect and spend big money on a midfield enforcer. Uh, Chris Mossing says, uh, homework, Harry, Mexico versus Canada late on Thursday night. Johnny David and Esther Cal, Arsenal should be signings, playing both playing. Check that out. Um, I, I'm not going to watch that, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm going to be watching, though, and this is a good time to remind you people that it's on tonight. I'm sure a lot of you know. But the Arsenal women versus Barcelona women tonight in the Champions League will be shown on the DAZN YouTube channel. So uh, if you didn't know that already, you can find it there. And I'll be tuning into that one. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff UK time, 9 p.m. if uh, you're looking at European time. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, a couple of people pointing to an article coming out about Martinelli uh, being fed up around game time. And we'll probably talk about that in a little bit more detail tomorrow when I've had a chance to kind of read and process it, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, interesting to hear a variety of opinions, but the overriding feeling I'm getting from you guys is that the majority of you would prefer to see Dominic Calvert-Lewin come in over Ollie Watkins, if indeed it was a straight choice between the two. Uh, Don Saki says, uh, hello, Harry. Well, I asked yesterday, who is the striker out there that can get us 20 goals a season? I guess this topic might answer that question. And my answer is, I still don't know. Uh, because, you know, there's no guarantee that either of these guys would do it. None of those guys have hit that kind of figure uh, in their current clubs. Would they be able to in a better team? Arguably, but are we that much better a team? Are we a better team at all than the likes of Everton and Villa at this moment in time? That is up for debate. So, you know. It's a difficult thing and, and there aren't many strikers nowadays that score more than 20 goals in the Premier League. You know, it, it's it's not an easy thing to do. They're not easy players to identify. Um, so, you know, it's a difficult question. And I promise you, Don, when I come across someone or I find in the back of my mind who it is that I feel would fill that hole, um, feel would fill that hole, I should say then I would probably, I, I would tell you straight away. But right now, at this time, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I really don't. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Jonathan says, thoughts on Musa Barrow from Bologna? And no, I'm not asking this question only because he scored versus Lazio. Now, yeah, look, Musa Barrow is someone who obviously had some time here in the UK. Um, was it Swansea, if I'm not mistaken? Um, was he at Swansea? And I think, no, 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 no. That's what well, that was Modu Barrow. My God, my God. Same surname. Almost got it mixed up. Are they related? I don't know. Check it out. 
Uh, but Musa Barrow is, you know, and again, somebody that I don't know a great deal about, but I did watch him. Um, I did watch him at the weekend because I watched the game against Lazio. It was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I can't make a judgment or a call on Musa Barrow based on, on that alone. I think that would be foolish of me. Yeah, it's Modu Barrow I was thinking of. Um, they might be related, you know. Same surname, same nationality. Interesting. But Modu Barrow, who did spend time at Swansea, did spend time at Blackburn, Nottingham Forest, uh, as well as Reading, is currently playing his football at Jeonbuk Hyundai in uh, Korea. So, uh, no, not someone uh, I would look at. And uh, good job I didn't. I realised that I was getting the two muddled up. But Musa Barrow, going back to your original question, Jonathan, not seen enough for me to suggest that um, that he would be the man. But this is where we don't have the money to do what City do, to do what Chelsea do, to buy players in the value of 70, 80 million pounds regularly. And so we're relying on the quality of our scouting and the quality of our player identification uh, kind of model. So, yeah, you know, we need that and um, we need that to work. And so if we are going to take risks or punts on players that maybe we haven't all heard a great deal about or haven't all seen a great deal about, to a degree, we've got to afford the club a bit of trust until we can at least say one way or the other whether it was a right decision or not. Because for me to sit here and tell you about Musa Barrow would be, you know, yeah, I watch Serie A, yeah, I watch highlights. But for me to tell you that he would or wouldn't be the right man would be me making it up, basically. So that's kind of my point. And, and, you know, we're not, you know, we watch a lot of football nowadays and we've got access to more football now than we've ever had, but we're still not scouts and we still don't watch people week in, week out, all across the globe to necessarily be able to identify uh, who those players will be. And and so, yeah, th there has to be an element of trust in the scouting, at least until they get it wrong, if that makes sense. Uh, big thank you to Saeed uh, again. Saeed, thank you so much, mate, for your really kind donations lately. I really, really do uh, appreciate them, mate. Thank you uh, so, so much. Um, he says, DCL is comfortable with the ball on the floor, both moving deep and when running in behind. He gives defenders a great deal to think about when they encounter him. Few other centre forwards possess such an extensive all-round game. Yeah, I, look, the all-round game thing is is kind of the point I was alluding to around about the fact that I do think that, although for me, when I think about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he is a big man, he is a target man, he is an aerial powerhouse. The other side is, you know, the other side is is underrated, in my opinion, in the eyes of a lot of people. Let's take this one from Marshall uh, just to finish up. He says, what do you think about a return for Alexander Isak? I know his price tag went way up following his new contract, but do you see him as being in the mould of an ideal striker for our playing style? Well, what I saw of him in the Euros, I really liked and I was really impressed by. Um, so, yeah, he feels like someone that is almost that hybrid between doing all different things um, or, or sort of uh, the hybrid between, yeah, doing all different things in the sense of he can run in behind, he can dribble a bit, he is a, a physical presence. He can be effective inside the penalty area and outside it. And so, yeah, he, he feels like a good option. But something tells me that there's going to be big, big competition for Alexander Isak. And um, 
And I'm not sure that Arsenal's going to be the club he ends up at, although I would like to see that happen. It feels like a bit of a dream at this moment in time, but we shall see. Right, we are going to leave it there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another another couple of podcasts. We'll be continuing our player review series. Next up is Aaron Ramsdale and what has he brought to Arsenal since he's come into the team. We're also going to be bringing you uh, a second episode, which the subject of uh, is to be confirmed. I guess we'll see what unfolds over the next sort of 24 hours or so. Uh, but looking forward to bringing you more Arsenal-related content. I'll be back very, very soon. Until next time, Take care of yourselves and enjoy the evening. And uh, come on, the Arsenal women. You can do it. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.